You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Tonight we're continuing uh, the preaching series here, our Again series. Um, And as we know, 2023 is a time for Centro Church to go again, get up again, dream again, work hard again, and to see God move again. And there are things that we can do that will put us in a position for God to move again. And so tonight, I want to share with you guys how we can overcome again. We're going to jump straight into the Bible. Um, And I want you to open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 14, verse 27. Um, The story goes that Jesus and his disciples had been eating at Jesus' last supper before his death. And they had gone out to the Mount of Olives. And that's where we start. So um, starting in verse 27, it says, You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if, I fall, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, stating, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all of the others said the same. Now, later on in that chapter, uh, Jesus took a few of the disciples with him to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Um, And while Jesus prayed, he asked Peter, James and John, who were with him, to keep watch while he prayed. And so Jesus went off to pray and he came back three times, only to find them asleep every single time at their posts. And you would think that this would be Peter's betrayal of Jesus, but you'd be, you'd be wrong because he was going to do something a lot worse than that, let me tell you. But one of the things that I want to point out in this particular section is that when, he, when Jesus rebukes Peter, uh, he, he calls him Simon. He calls him Simon because Simon was Peter's previous name. And he called him Simon to say that, hey, Peter, the way you're acting is the way Simon would act. And I've called you to act like Peter. And now we're going to jump down to verse 66 so we can see the full context of uh, Peter's full betrayal of Jesus. So verse 66 says, As Peter was below the courtyard, one of the servant girls uh, of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, "You You were with that Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know or understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began saying to the bystanders, this man's one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly one of them, you are one of them, for you are Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. Immediately, the rooster crowed a second time and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and he wept. Sad. There's a lot to go. There's a lot to gain from this story, and uh, what what we can see really is that Peter's words didn't carry a lot of weight at this time. See, he was enthusiastic about declaring his faithfulness to Jesus, despite being fully aware that Jesus was completely truthful about what he had to say. There was Peter should have known he was going to fail. Is is what was going to is what I'm trying to say here. But he was really caught up with this idea of being the best. And the Gospel of John tells us that after falling asleep in the garden, Peter attempted to redeem himself by slicing off the ear of one of Jesus' arresters. And the truth is that Peter's character was often lacking when he was accountable to no one. And on the flip side, he was overzealous in the presence of someone who he cared to impress. When Peter finally fulfills Jesus' declaration 
about denying him three times. We can see that the idea of persecution was so harrowing to him uh, that he would easily speak against Jesus, even to the point of swearing to differentiate himself from Jesus' followers who practice righteousness. And on a side note, I just want to point out here that it says that Peter swore. Um, And it's important to identify that swearing was really what disassociated himself from Jesus. And as a witness of God, if you're swearing in your workplace or in your place of study, you're really easily discrediting the transformation power that Jesus has in your life and you're reducing your witness to others significantly. If you claim to be made new, but you walk in the way that you used to walk with indifference, you're not proving that God has added any improvement to your life. But back to Peter. Now, it's clear that he had some overcoming to do. The good news was that he was on the right track. And I wonder today if we can relate to Peter, because I sure know I can. Maybe you've denied Jesus in the past, or you've rejected the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life. And maybe there's habitual sin in your life and you can't seem to beat it. Peter's story gives us a hope and a solution to this. And tonight, I want to help you overcome whatever it is that you're facing because I believe that God has the power to transform your mind and to build your character and make you a faithful follower like he did for Peter. Now, my first point tonight is called vision. Now, the first thing we can recognise about Peter, Peter was a virtue and that was he had vision. He knew what he wanted to become he was enthusiastic about, about it, and Scripture paints us a really vibrant picture of who Peter was. For the most part, we can reason that Peter was a well-intentioned person when he attempted to protect Jesus, you know, by cutting the fella's ear off in the Garden of Gethsemane. That was uh, quite a faithful thing to do, albeit maybe the wrong way of going about it, but well-intentioned. We know he was well-taught, he was familiar with the Scriptures, and had Jesus himself as his mentor. He was goal-oriented. Luke 9 verse 46 says that he and the other disciples uh, squabbled over who would be the greatest amongst them in heaven. Peter did not lay idle when it came to following Jesus, and he wanted to be the best that he possibly could. And we can clearly see that Peter had a good understanding of the vision of his life. And that's important for us too. You see, if there's something that we wish to overcome, there has to be a vision for success. And I feel that there's some people here today that they've put aside dreaming dreams and, uh, and put aside the, the visions that God has put into their lives um, because maybe they've faced, maybe they've faced some... It hasn't gone well. They, they've faced some obstacles and so they've put aside dreaming new dreams. But I want to encourage you that God is with you and that the visions that he has put on your heart, they are not hollow, that they will come to fruition and that they will come to pass if you are faithful to God. And I can recall a time in my life when I didn't have a strong vision for the future. See, several years ago when I was studying at uh, college, I was working a part-time job as a removalist. And it was a gruelling job um, with long hours and terrible pay. They, they didn't pay you for the drive home from the job site. So if you went to Harvey Bay, that was like six hours of driving in a truck that you weren't paid for. And that was a bit rubbish. Um, but I let the burden of my studies and my work get to me. And I made a lot of mistakes in that year. And I was so worn down um, that I was struggling to see my, my own value as I compared myself with where I was and where I really wanted to become. The thing was, I was never that far from the right path because I, all, I, all that had happened was I'd let my vision slip away. All the work and study I was doing was still beneficial, but it felt arduous and meaningless compared to, compared to how I was living my life. And maybe you've been in the same situation before, or maybe you're there even now. And I want to tell you, that if you're in this room tonight, 
you're in the right place to be. It's a good sign that you're not that far from God putting you back onto the track uh, for his vision for your life. And maybe you feel a little bit indifferent. Maybe you feel like you've been doing the right things, that you've been in the right place, but there seems to be some sort of disconnect between you and God, that you seem to just be putting along and nothing seems to be happening, but you're doing the right things. And, and maybe you haven't been praying as much, or maybe you haven't been reading your word as much as you should be. And can I encourage you? If you re-engage in that relationship with Christ, you engage in those, uh, those good habits of getting into your word, of praying frequently, um, that you will be continually aligned with God throughout your life. But we're going to talk some more about that later. For me in that situation, I had a pastor pray for me and they encouraged me to develop more of a vision for my life and to walk closer with God. And so I spent a lot of time praying and asking God to give me something to work towards. And a few months later, I was blessed with an opportunity to leave my job as a removalist and to start my own handyman business. I began walking closer with God um, than I had in a long time. And there's another thought is maybe, maybe you do already know a good idea of God's vision for your life. And that's really, that's a really good place to be. Um, But maybe being patient has grown old on you like it did for Abraham and Sarah. And I want to remind you that God is a faithful God and that he will not forsake you. I want to encourage you to pray to God frequently and talk with him and talk with others about the plans that he has for your life. Keep reminding yourself of his promises to you and to his people all throughout scripture. Let his word uh, encourage you and make you more hopeful. And if you don't walk closely with God, you're only delaying his promises and his plans for your life. My second point is footholds. Now the question is, what has a foothold in your life that keeps you from overcoming See, if we go back to Scripture, at the very end of Peter's betrayal, we can see in verse 72 that Peter broke down and wept. And the phrase broke down and wept comes from the Greek word uh, klio, which means to mourn. And I don't think it's embellishing to consider that Peter was only mourning for for Jesus, wasn't only mourning for the impending death of Jesus, but that he was mourning his own moral failure, that it would have been a moment of heavy conviction realising that he had betrayed his, his king, Jesus that he's realised that he didn't have the willpower to follow through with his own declaration. He'd let himself down. Peter was determined to be Jesus' best disciple. And too often, he was over-eager, thinking of himself as more prepared and more faithful than he really was. Peter's stark realisation that he didn't have what it takes was actually his catalyst for repentance. And this is one of the most important things that we need to realise when it comes to overcoming See, the Bible tells us that it's important to lay aside our hindrances and to run with endurance. As it says in Hebrew 12 verse 1, Therefore, since, you, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So I want to ask you today, what is your hindrance? What is, what is your character flaw? What, what is it that keeps causing you to stumble as you try and follow God? Maybe like Peter, you do oversell yourself sometimes. Maybe you overestimate your own ability in a bid to seem greater than you are. Maybe you have insecurities that stem from a hurt in the past which has been shaping your choices for far too long now. Maybe there's unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe others have let you down and you've been struggling to trust God because of that. And I know for someone here tonight, there's habitual sin in your life that you can't seem to shake because it has roots buried in the way that you see yourself. Because you haven't let God's identity of you permeate your heart and wash you clean from the inside out. 
But friend, I want to tell you that there is freedom for you here tonight. And let me attest to the fact that when you submit your burdens to Christ, he cares for you and he will sustain you and he will not allow the righteous to be moved, as it says in Psalms 55 verse 22. The Lord really wants to set you free from everything that holds you back from following him. And the good news is that once you're free, you can follow Christ wholeheartedly. And that's what happened to Peter. He went from being an enthusiast to being the rock that, be, that Jesus built his church upon. My third point and my final point tonight is discipline. To overcome takes discipline. And I'm not talking about reprimand here, but I'm talking about the practice of perseverance. Hebrews 12 verse 11 says, for the, moment of all di- uh, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I'll tell you, the value of discipline is priceless. Discipline is the primary fruit of good character. And when you make a regular practice of doing the things that draw you near to God and closer to his plan, you will undoubtedly be more prepared for whatever comes your way. Peter himself says it. In 1 Peter 1 verse 13 to 16, he says, Therefore prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourself. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like, an obe- like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you have for- that do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who has called you holy, be holy yourselves in your conduct. For it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. It's important to know that discipline is a tool used to achieve a goal, but in itself it is not the goal. Unbridled discipline leads to perfectionism, and perfectionism leads to disappointment. If you're struggling with discipline, can I ask you to remind yourself of what God has promised you and what he has delivered you from? It's as simple as that. Peter succeeded in the fruition of God's plans for him by following the vision, uh, laying down his own shortcomings, and by practicing discipline, which led him to his character being built up enough to the point where Jesus saw him as the rock. As it says in Matthew 16, verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And now Jesus says that shortly after, after ask, uh, what did he say? I'm trying to remember that Bible verse. It's, it's fleeting. But he asked, he asked Peter if he will take care of his sheep. And, um, and I think what a wonderful picture as we can look back. It was only three or so days ago before that, that Peter had to call Peter Simon to say, hey, look at, what, look at how you're behaving. This is not what I've called you to be. And three days later is all it took for Jesus to re-establish Peter's identity and to call him the rock of the church. So as I close up tonight, I want to put a call out to anyone who wants to overcome. The altar is open for prayer and we would love to pray for you. We believe that God has a plan for you uh, and that your life, uh, there is going to be a victory over every struggle that you're facing. And if we go right to the end of the Bible, in Revelations 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives up until death. I just want to look into that right here real quick. The blood of the Lamb symbolises that you've been forgiven and made new, and today that you walk in victory over sin. By the word of their testimony, that is the liberty that Jesus brought you by, and His grace has empowered you with a purpose. And finally... That line where it says, they love not their lives until death. We're called to take up the cross and to walk with discipline and persevere for the victory is already ours. So let's pray tonight. 
Well, God, I thank you that because of Christ that we are overcomers and we have power and authority of everything that we face. We have victory through the death of and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then I pray for the people in the room tonight that need vision, that you would show them your way. As your prophet Joel said in Joel 2 verse 28, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old man will dream dreams and your young man will see visions. And I wanna lift up those who are facing resistance tonight, Lord, that you would reveal to them what is hindering them in their journey of walking in victory. God, that you would strengthen them and finally that you would help them overcome it. And God, I pray that you would pray a blessing of discipline over this church too, Lord, that in the light of what you have done for them, that they would be spurred on to good works and that faithfulness to you would be, would be their sole desire, resisting the devil and his lies and instead growing closer to you and all that you have for them. God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And as the, as the band starts singing, I just wanna invite you down if you find that anything in your life is, is needing some overcoming, maybe, maybe you don't have vision for your life. Maybe you'd like some prayer for that. Or maybe, maybe there's been some footholds that have been holding you back. I'd love to pray for those things too. We'd love to break them off of your life. We want to see you walk in victory. Or maybe, or maybe you've been lacking discipline and you need, you need a fresh start. And we'd love to also continue praying for you tonight, Lord. And we'd love, to, we'd love to set you on a path uh, of overcoming and of victory in whatever it is that you're facing. So come down, come down. Thank you for listening to this podcast.